Let us pray. Once again, Heavenly Father, we come to Your Word asking as we endeavor to teach the sense thereof that You would apply the truth to the souls of all who hear. Keep us and sustain us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We left off this morning beginning to look somewhat at this word Overcome. It's a word that should be obvious as to what it means. We pointed out that it comes from the Greek goddess Nikon, Nike, the wingless god or goddess of victory. But yet, uh, we find in our text in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. And we're looking at the word overcome and showing that God's children not only overcome false prophets and a Christ, even the world, and they that speak of the world, but that God's children are overcomers in general. Now I know that quite often as we go about in our daily routine and as we look into our own heart and soul often It seems as if that we are anything but an overcomer. I do believe this overcoming would... Well, there are many, many verses of Scripture that we could uh, bring together and so on, but I think Romans 8 kindly sums it up in the closing verses there. Taking up in verse 33, 
Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed. All the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But then notice the transition. Nay, in all these things... What things? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, sheep for the slaughter. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Not in ourselves but through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that not overcoming? I finished reading a book recently called, uh, I think the title was No Condemnation. Anyway, it was Octavius Winslow's uh, book on Romans 8. And one of the things that uh, really spoke to my heart is when he talked about this more than conquerors. And I won't have time to go into a lot of different things, but I'll just give one little snippet that, uh, you know, as we go about in our daily activities and our faith is tried, and we come through the trial because of our faith. Well, we've conquered. You know, Hebrews 11 is about a, a lot of people that have con that conquered a lot of things. Through faith. But one one thing, like I said, that really uh, struck a chord in my heart. Uh, either Winslow said it, or I think he right out and said it. Uh, but anyway, that oftentimes when we go through a trial and we overcome by faith, well, we've conquered. But in that trial, many times our faith is strengthened. 
and by the fact that we not only just overcame by faith, but that our faith was strengthened, we're more than conquerors. We not only conquered, we not overcame the trial and the affliction, but our faith was actually strengthened and sharpened by the trial and the affliction, and therefore we're more than conquerors. I thought that was rich. You know, you could put love in there. You could put grace in there. You could put peace in there. Uh, you could put many of the, the graces that God has given us. Well, uh, to me, Romans 8, those verses there, it's just saying another way uh, about being overcomers. But we brought looking at this word in the Old Testament, I mean in the New Testament, uh, from Luke up to through Romans. Now I want to look and see in First John how this word is used, and then we want to look. Uh, at the book of Revelation. First John two thirteen. I have written unto you fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. Notice that. And then again in verse 14, I have written unto you fathers because you have known Him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the Word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. All too often... It is said that the young people need to sow their wild oats while they're young before coming unto the Lord and that they're just going to do that. Well, according to 1 John 2, verses 13 and 14, the young man Christian... They don't sow their wild oats. They're overcomers. They're overcomers. We ministers need to continually challenge young people and any young men that are listening to this I challenge you to be an overcomer. In fact, if you are genuine in your Christianity, you are an overcomer. Notice again, as we pointed out this morning from 1 John chapter 4, Verse 4, Ye are of God, little children. Notice here is not young men. Here's the little children. Though it's all of God's children. Ye are of God. 
little children, and have overcome them. God's children are overcomers. The Scripture, this uh, 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 being an overcomer is one of the descriptions of a child of God. Just like children of God are called sheep. They're not designated as goats. They're sheep. That's a description of a child of God. As we have seen through the whole of 1 John and shall see some more, another description of a child of God is one who loves other, uh, uh, God's, uh, who loves God's children. They not only love God's children, they prove that love of, uh, to, their, uh, to God's children by helping them when they're in need. That's, that's a trait. That's a trait of a child of God. And anyone does, who does not love God's children, and I don't care who they are, we're not talking about just people of your denomination. We're not talking about just people of your own congregation. And we're not talking about people who dot every I and jot every T just exactly the way you do. When you come upon an individual and they have the traits of being a child of God, you love that individual whether they're rich or poor. And much, much could be said about that. But we'll have to go forward. Also in 1 John chapter 5 in verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Notice, it didn't say whatsoever may that is born of God should overcome the world. It didn't say whatsoever is born of God might overcome the world. Whatsoever. Anyone that has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God overcometh the world. And notice that overcometh is in the, got the TH on there showing present active. They are overcoming the world. Not that they ought to, not that they might, or not that they should, but they are. And if anyone preaches otherwise, he is taken away from the Word of God and he's doing destruction. He's perverting the Gospel. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. See, when a man is born again by the Spirit of God, one of the graces that's given to him is faith. Galatians 5.22 2 Peter 
one, one, one or one, two, and other verses. Faith is a gift of God. Ephesians 2, 8. You see, it's the... You say, well, I, I don't know that I'm strong enough to overcome. Notice, it's not you overcoming by the grit of your teeth. It's God's faith working in you. You see, God gets all the glory. You don't get any glory for overcoming. God gets the glory. It's God's work in you. And then in the next verse, Who is he that overcometh the world? Even he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Another description of a child of grace is a believer. He's an elect. He's a sheep. He's a believer. He's an overcomer. None of these things make him born again. They're descriptions of him. Now let's go to the book of Revelation. If there's anything that can be called an over, uh, 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 overall theme of Revelation is uh, being a conqueror. In fact, uh, well, I just went blank. One man commentary on Revelation, uh, he was a nominalist, not a premillennialist. I'm a premillennialist. William Hendrickson. Uh, but anyway, uh, I like the title of his book. And he, he has some good things to say in his book, too. I'm not, uh, just because he's an nominalist and I'm a pre, I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, but, uh, but the title of his book is More Than Conquerors. I like that. I like that. But anyone, I don't care who he is, whether he's, pre-post or ah, millennialist, or maybe I should say ah, uh, post or pre or anyway, whatever your view is, on, uh, as long as you have an, a correct view of the eschatological views, uh, I can't throw in good conscience dispensationalism in it. I'm a historical pre, not a modern day 
premillennialist. But anyway, I don't want to chase that rabbit. All of them recognize that the overall theme of in the book of Revelation is that God's children are victorious. But notice what God said to God's children in the book of Revelation. Notice the first verse. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto Him. Whatever this revelation is, God gave it to Jesus. To show unto His servants, God gave it to Jesus to show to us His servants, His children which must shortly come to pass, and He sent and signified it by His angel unto His servant John. So see, you have God the Father has the revelation of Jesus Christ, and He gives it to an angel, and an angel gives it to John, and John writes it down for us, the children of God. So the book of Revelation is not just to preachers. It's not to theologians. It's not to Bible commentators. It's to all of God's children. You say, well, when I read Revelation, I just get all confused. and A lot of things, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, don't look for what doesn't make sense. Just uh, uh, read it. Ask God to bless you in it. And what you do see, thank God for that. And then go on. That's like reading Jeremiah. There's a lot of things in Jeremiah when you read it uh, you don't understand. But there's a lot of things you do understand. And so you latch on to what you do understand. Anyway, Revelation chapter 2. As he sums up his message to the congregation at Ephesus, a real congregation, the same congregation that the book of Ephesians was written to, the same congregation that Paul called the elders to meet him on the island of Miletus, and he gave them a charge. Verse 7, Revelation 2, 7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the congregations, to the churches. To him that, what? Overcometh. I will give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now as you study through the book of Revelation and come to the end of Revelation, you come to the book of life and you come to the paradise of God and you come to all of that in, in the glory land. So what's he saying here? To him that overcometh shall be in the glory land. 
It's the overcomer that shall eat of the tree of life that is in the midst of the paradise of God. Verse 11. As he speaks to Smyrna, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the congregations. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. What is the second death that's to be cast into the lake of fire? He that overcometh shall not go to hell. That's in essence of what's being said here. It's the, remember again, the, the overcomer is a description of God's children. But God's children are overcomers. Verse 17, as he sums up Pergamos, He that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the congregations. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Another indication of one that overcometh is going to be with the Lord and be with Him in glory. Verse 26, as he sums up to Thyatira, and he that overcometh and keepeth my works, unto him, uh, 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 works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Notice that. It's God's children that they're going to have power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a porter shall they be bro- of a potter excuse me shall they be broken to shivers even as i received of my father in other words whatever the rain is i'm not getting off into that but we're going to rule over the nations and rule with the rod of iron with christ you said well that how's that possible you remember in Romans 8 where it says that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says that we shall judge angels. That's mind-blowing to me. I don't comprehend. I, I don't understand that. But that's what it says. And if we're going to be with Christ and we're going to rule over the nations and if we're going to rule with the rod of iron, when it, that's not because of something in and of ourselves. It's because of our inheritance with Christ. But this is to overcomers. This is to God's children. 
1 Corinthians 3 says that it's to God's children that shall judge angels. Romans 8 says it's God's children that are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You say, that just blows my mind. It does mine too. You say, well, tell me more about it. Give me some details. I can't. That's the only, this is the only way I know how to reconcile Romans 8, 1 Corinthians 3, and, and this passage here. They all seem to fit together. You say, well, if I can't understand it, I'm not going to believe it. Well, then you don't believe creation because you don't understand it. God created everything out of nothing. You say, that's an impossibility. That's logically impossible for something to come out of nothing. So you don't understand creation. You don't have... God never said understand Him. He said trust Him. Quit trying to fit God into between your ears. Bow yourself to God. Bow yourself to God. All right? Chapter 3. God speaking to Sardis, the congregation at Sardis. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. It is the, it is the overcomer that Christ confesses before the Father and angels. It is the overcomer that's going to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Verse 12, Philadelphia, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. You say, what's this, what, what is this temple? Is that a real temple? I don't know. In one place in Revelation, it seems that uh, God is the temple. But I'm not going to say that it doesn't mean what it says. God used the word temple for some reason. Just because I don't know and can't, can't uh, give you the details doesn't mean I'm going to cast it aside. But it does say this, that he that overcometh, we're going to be in the city of God. 
the new Jerusalem that comes down from God out of heaven. That city came down from God out of heaven. What did Abraham look for? And the saints in the Old Testament, according to Hebrews 11, they look for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. You say, are you telling me there's a real city up there somewhere? I believe it. You say, well, that just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't have to make sense to me. It says in Peter, it says in Revelation, it says that this holy city that comes down and the tabernacle of God shall dwell on the earth. You say, this earth as it is now? No, the new heavens and the new earth. Whether He renovates this or whether He destroys it, makes a new one. You know, people argue about that one. I've got my idea about it, but regardless of what it is, it's a new heaven and a new earth. And a city comes down from God out of heaven. What did Jesus see, say? He said, In my Father's house are many mansions, many abiding places. He said, If it weren't true, I would have told you. You say, You mean that's a real, real abiding place? I have no other reason to believe that it means other than what it says. You say, Well, I don't believe that. Well, I. That's where we differ. I believe the Bible. I believe Jesus meant what He said. He didn't say, now wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not talking about something real and tangible. Abraham looked for a city, did he not? He looked for a city which hath foundations. Just like the building in which we are in today has foundation. It's a building that has foundation. Abraham looked for a city that has foundations. And God's the builder and the maker of it. And it's the overcomer that shall be there. Well, come down to verse 21, and he sums it up to Laodicea. Verse 21, Revelation 3.21, To him that overcometh I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in His throne. That's two different thrones. He that overcomes shall sit on the throne of Christ. You say, well, how are all the elect going to sit on the same throne? I don't know. It didn't say everybody would be sitting there at the same time. It might be one at a time. I don't know. I can't give you the details. Just like the Jews couldn't give the details of Isaiah 53 before the Lord came. There's a lot of things that God said that we may not, it doesn't make sense to us or may not be clear to us, but it'll be clear when God wants it to be clear to us. And then we'll say, well, why didn't I see that? 
but it's the overcomer or God's children that sit with Him on His throne. Just like what we saw back earlier, that we sit on the throne uh, with Him uh, ruling over the nations. What nations? We'll have to wait and see. Even as Jesus overcame. See, there's two overcomers. There's the people of God, and then there's Jesus. The people of God are going to sit on His throne. Jesus is sitting on the Father's throne. You say, well, God is a spirit. How's God localized to a throne? Don't know. I don't believe that He in His full essence is. We say, well, how's that going to be done? We'll have to wait and see. You see, I can I can ask more questions than I can answer. And you can too. But that doesn't give us the right to say it doesn't mean what it says. All right, look at Revelation 5 and verse 5. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed, or the word, it's the same word, overcome, to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. But I only read that to show how the word is used. Chapter 6, verse 2. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth, overcoming and to overcome. Conquering and to conquer is the word there. In Revelation 6-2. Revelation chapter 11. Verse 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war with them, and shall overcome them and kill them. Now here's where the beast does some overcoming. Mainly of two individuals. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now see, there is some spiritual language, spiritualizing there, and the Bible tells us it. This is talking about Jerusalem. It makes it obvious. Where was our Lord killed? He was killed in Jerusalem. 
But Jerusalem is likened to Sodom and Egypt in the day in which these two men are killed. Go back and read the before and after in Revelation 11. You'll see that there's two men there. There's controversy as to who those two men are or were or will be. I believe they will be. And I have my idea about them too. But we don't have we don't have time for that. Chapter twelve. The word is in verse eleven, but let's go back to verse ten. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and king and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of the brethren is of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame him. The children of God overcame the accuser of the brethren. They overcame the devil and Satan, in other words. And by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. They didn't bow down. They overcame. Chapter 13. Verse 7, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Here's another one. Here's the second overcome where there's some warfare where the devil overcomes the saints. Not ultimately to cast them into hell or cause them to lose their salvation, but in persecution. But you still you get the idea of what the overcoming is. And power was given him over all the kindreds and tongues and nations. Over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. Of course, depending on your view of eschatology, some thinks that's already happened, some thinks it is happening now. I believe it'll happen in the future. And hoping I'm wrong. <laughs> but anyway. Revelation 15, verse 2. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. In other words, it's the victory there. God's children overcome. They get the victory ultimately over Satan. Chapter 17. Verse 
Verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb. That's talking about the kings of the earth and so on. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. Here's the Lamb. For He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. Beloved, we're going to overcome in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then lastly, in chapter 21 of Revelation, verse 7, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. See the whole overall content, though the word overcomes a couple of times, there it's given to uh, the devil and so on. But as a general rule, God's children are overcomers. They're talked about in, in the first of Revelation and then coming to the end of Revelation. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Victory. No wonder we can sing victory in Jesus. Now, let's be clear about this in, in, in 1 John. Notice, it's not that we are to overcome, it's not that we should overcome. But we have overcome the false prophet. Also, it is essential that we are clear what is believed about Jesus Christ clearly identified which spirit we are of, and whether we are a child of God or a child of the devil, whether we are of Christ or whether we are of Antichrist. And it's essential that the preacher and the hearer are on the same page. It's not enough for one to be true while the whole congregation uh, are to be of one mind, but of both. And we'll say more about this later. We need to note this. It is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit that is in us that is greater than Satan or the God of this world. It is not that we are greater than Satan. Notice what it said. Ye are of God, little children, 
and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. It's not you're greater. It's not in ourselves. It's in God. It's the effectual working of the Holy Spirit in the heart of a child of grace. And yet, we are the one that overcome. We overcome because of God working in us. It's not that God worked in me, and then if I will do what God wants me to do, then I'll overcome. No, it's God works in me, and He works in me effectually, and I work out that which God works in me, and because of God working in me, I overcome. See, it's so close to sounding like the same thing, but it's not. And we need to keep that distinction clear always. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And like I said this morning, and I'll no doubt say this again, but like I said this morning, you can put the flour, the, the egg, the salt, the shortening, uh, the baking soda or powder, whatever ingredients you want. I'm, I'm, I'm probably leaving something out. I'm not that much of a cook. But you put all that together to make biscuits. After you've got it all mixed together, you can't tell where the egg stops and the flour begins. It's all mixed together. And I can't tell you where man's responsibility stops and God's uh, sovereignty begins or where God's sovereignty stops and man's responsibility begins. I can't tell you all of It's all mixed together. And the problem is man trying to figure it out and trying to say what's man's responsibility and God's sovereignty and how is this, that, or the other instead of just preaching both. And leave it in the hands of God, the Holy Spirit, to mix it together however He pleases. I'd like to be able to say, this is the way that it is. Pardon my grammar, I ain't that smart. God didn't tell us, He just told us both. So anyway... Hopefully that will light your fire. Beloved, beloved, don't look at yourself. Look to the God that works in you, knowing that you're, you're overcoming and you shall overcome. 
The only reason you're still serving God is because God has worked in you. Rejoice in Him and Him alone. Sad that a lot of people think that when we talk about overcoming, they think we're talking about man doing it by himself without God. They just won't listen to what we're saying. Sad. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for the truth and clarity of Your Word. Yes, there's a lot of things that we can't give any specifics. But the overall clarity of it is just Well, Father, it's it's a beautiful garden that is filled with all kinds of flowers. That as we look over it is a whole ocean of grace of every description and color and magnitude that redounds to your honor and glory. We may see dimly now and no doubt it is quite dimly but someday our eyes shall be opened far more than the two on the road to Emmaus. And we shall be able to see all things redounding to Your honor and to Your praise. Hallelujah. Amen.